Hey, it's Clay at moneywithclay.com, and welcome to another episode here of the Money with Clay podcast. I stumbled across an article, and I I don't know why I even chose to scan through the article because the headline was something where it, it wasn't really that eye-catching, but for whatever reason, I read through it, and to give full credit where credit is due, the author, uh, the way she structured the article was pretty fascinating because she ultimately revealed a couple different stories. And within these stories, each revealed a mentality towards the world, uh, you know, kind of a, a viewpoint of life that were pretty much about as black and white as you can get. And I will admit that the first one really got my blood boiling. It got me uh, because I, I, I just want people to succeed. That's why I'm here right now sitting in my office all alone talking into a microphone because I just like talking about this stuff. I, if I can even just motivate one single person, that that's great. This is time well spent, and I just like to do it. But because I, I do have a true passion, I'll admit this stuff just gets me worked up. And my wife, you know, people that know me are like, Clay, just chill out. Like, just chill. But I can't help it. I, I, I cannot help it. However, then the next story came, and the author ended this whole article in another event or I should say with another event that got my blood boiling. But in this case, it was like the good type of boiling, the, the, the boiling that is caused by adrenaline where you're motivated and you're fired up. And not that I necessarily needed reassurance, but it did reassure me that I'm not some grumpy guy. I'm not some crusty guy. I'm not some, you know, non-compassionate person that just, oh, you know, you're, you're too hard. You know, you're, you're too rigid in your viewpoint. No, I, this reaffirmed that uh, where there is a will, there is a way. And I, I, to me, it, it, it was very, very motivating. And as you'll see, kind of takes that whole victim card thing, the whole woe is me card, and really just stomps on it, lights it on fire. Um, you know, just, I mean, it, it really destroys it. But I'm, I'm getting a little bit too far ahead of myself. But I just want to look at a couple different people. And, and my question to you listening is, who are you? You know, what mentality do you fit into? You know, it really is, as you're going to see, a, a tale of two mentalities. And one mentality, I would argue, is, is is where you need to be, where you want to be, where you should be. Because the other one, it's very despairing. It's very depressing. And I talked about this before, but it, it to me, all of this, this being your mentality towards the world, your viewpoint towards life, that's the, the core. That's the foundation of well, how are you going to launch yourself into life? Or how are you going to kind of start life? And when I say start life, I don't mean some high schooler. You could be starting life being defined as a new mentality at age 40, 50, 60. I don't know, probably 70. I'm guessing you're probably stuck in your ways. And you know what? Good for you. You've made it this far. So if so 70s, maybe that's pushing it. But you know, if I can just, like I said, get one person to maybe jumpstart their life with a new mentality then awesome. That's that's what I'm trying to do. That's the, the whole idea is to, to make sure that you know what's out there and make sure you know what is possible when you actually just put your mind to it. So this article here, um, they, I think that I, th- I think the author, uh, Jill is her name. Like I said, she did a great job the way she structured it. Um, and she really suckered me into reading the whole thing. Uh, but she probably should have just, you know, titled it, which I'll probably title the, the podcast here, but A Tale of Two Mentalities. But it was actually titled, and this is from CNBC, here's what to do if you're in your 50s or older and have nothing in retirement savings. 
But again, this podcast is has nothing to do with retire. Well, I guess it's got to do with retirement. But you know, that's kind of more of a uh, just an overarching issue. Like I said, I want to focus on the mentalities that you know both of these people have, um, and you know, kind of go through their stories. So it just kind of starts off saying, "Hey, you know what? Uh, you know, r- retirement is a real thing." because you are going, unless you can like pause time, everybody's gonna need to retire. So where exactly do you stand? What exactly are your plans? Hey, if you're far behind, you know, these are some things you can do. But you know, like I said, the the author takes a couple looks at the people. So the first person is Ray. And I'm just gonna pick up the article here. Ray Warner, age 45, has thrown in the towel. Warner says the economic indicators point to a stacked deck. Only the top 1% is doing well economically. And then he goes on to say, and I quote, for the middle class, it's not too good. He said, saving for retirement is pointless. So I never bothered. Never bothered. So he he never did it is what I gather from that is he determined who knows at what age, but you know what? The, the, The system is stacked against me. The, you know, the, well, he said stacked. So it's a stacked deck, right? The economy is stacked against me. You have to be in the 1% if you want to do well. So because of this, it's pointless to save for retirement. And like I said, I'm not inserting words in a raised mouth. This is quoted in the article. He says, saving for retirement is pointless. So I never bothered. Like I said, I technically I could be wrong. Maybe he started at one point. But he's if if he never if he never never bothered with it in the first place, and it sounds like he never did anything at all. So hopefully you can see, ah, you know that's kind of a I don't know that's kind of a rough mentality. But it goes on to say, and here's a, a, another point: Warner's friends aren't receiving pay increases. Increases, he says, the stock market is going up, yet no one in his circle has enough money to invest. So let's think about this, his circle. And this is a topic, um, if you're new to the podcast, then I I have interviewed and talked with other people where it's not just me talking about the headlines. But some of these people, well, actually all of them, these are people that either are in my real, you know, my quote unquote real life. I've talked about a friend. Um, I've talked to my brother-in-law who works for Google in the sales department. Uh, And then I've talked with other people that I've met. And I would consider all these people, uh, some within my inner circle, like my real life, and then some of these within my outer circle. But the point is, who you surround yourself with matters. Who you listen to matters. Who you're bouncing ideas off of, who you're bouncing aspirations off of, who you're bouncing goals off of, who you're bouncing visions off of, that matters a lot. And this is why I refuse to hang around certain people. I will hang around whoever. You can be tall, short, wide, skinny, black, white, red, green, aqua. I don't care about that stuff. I just want to know what is your mentality towards the world? How do you approach life? Do you have more of the woe is me victim mentality? Or do you have the mentality of... Ah, yeah, that's nobody ever said it was easy, but I, I'm going to find a way. I'm going to get it done. I want to be with the people that, what I like to call beast. If you view life as, you know what, I'm going to beast mode this thing, great. If you view life as, well, everything's stacked against me, woe is me, so it's pointless, I'm not even going to try. If you're not even going to try, then, like I said, 
if this makes me crusty, if this makes me grumpy, if this makes me an evil person, then I'll check all those boxes. I guess I am that. But if you're not even going to try something, not to mention the reasoning, the logic behind why Ray never even tried is, is just so false. It is so absolutely false, and I'll get to that in a second. But if you're just not even going to try, then I don't want to hang around with you. I don't want you in my sphere of influence because iron sharpens iron. And when you are surrounding yourself with iron, you are going to get better. You are going to be pushed, and you are going to succeed and you know, put yourself on a, on, a, on a, you know, put yourself, I guess, really down a rabbit hole. And that rabbit hole is, I'm not going to say lead to, you know, money raining down from the sky, but it, it's going to get you to where you want to go. And this whole thing about the stacked being, or, you know, the, 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 the stack deck against Ray. Well, the whole system, you have to be in the 1% uh, to, to get ahead. And, you know, you have to, you know, it's pointless. So I'm not even going to try that. That is just, that is false. And this is not an opinion on my part. This is both a mathematical fact and a historical fact. His mathematical via the uh, you know the the mathematical principle known as the power of compounding interest. And I'm not going to turn this into investing podcast here, but just know that mathematically speaking, there is a such thing as you know. And if you've taken I don't know when you learn this like algebra class, middle school, I don't know. But power of compounding interest. That's a mathematical principle. It's a mathematical fact. And then let's look at the history. History of what? Well, the stock market. If you look from its conception to where the stock market is now, if anything, I would argue the stock market is rigged in our favor, meaning over time, all it's done is gone up. All it's done is gone up. And I'm not trying to turn this political, but you look back to when the financial and the real estate bubble popped uh, you know, over, a little over 10 years now, while time flies. But the government stepped in. The government stepped in. They, they actually bailed out a couple of the automakers. They started to bail out some of the banks. And some people, what is this government doing? The government should not, and like I said, that, I'm not arguing. I'm not getting into should the government have done that or shouldn't they have. But the point is, why did the government do that? They did it because they know when people start losing money, chaos breaks out. When stock markets go down, chaos breaks down. If they go down too far. So they stepped in. And eventually, you know, things turned around. But if the government is stepping in to make sure that the stock market ultimately keeps going up and keeps going up, that sounds like a system that's rigged for everybody. Now, sure, you need to have money. You need to be able to put money into the market, aka save for retirement. But this whole premise that he used of, well, because it's a stack deck against me, I'm not even going to put money in the market in the first place. That's just flawed, Ray. You, you, haven't done any homework at all. I don't know if you slept through the compounding interest part in your math class, or if you've never just done even a little bit of research into the actual history of the stock market. But had you done the history of the stock market, you would see that it's a gradual incline up. Again, yeah, the stock market falls. There have been some big falls. But over time, historically speaking, the stock market is much higher than where it was 20 years ago, 40 years ago, 60 years ago. You know, it, it is definitely much higher. And I, I get it. I may just be some stranger on a podcast. If you don't believe me, I'm not offended at all. Go do a little research and, you know, look at, find some sort of little line chart where you can follow the overall history of the market. And you'll see that in all actuality, I, I argue, like I said, that the market is rigged in, in, in our favor. So, I mean, that's just really bad that he was going off of a false premise to justify an even dumber thing about 
not even retire or not even saving for retirement, never even bothering because he thought it was quote unquote pointless. That's just that's just false, and that's just a bad mentality. Bad mentality, not only from a, a research perspective, uh, but just a bad mentality of what what kind of attitude is that? Oh, it's all rigged against me. It's all rigged against me. What I would love to see from Ray, and what I'm curious on, and to be fully transparent in this closure, maybe I'm wrong here. I, I, I could be wrong, but I would love to see Ray's budget, if he has one, but more specifically, the expense part. What has Ray been spending his money on? Like I said, I, the, I, I could be wrong here, but something tells me that it's almost as if Ray just didn't want to use some of that money for retirement. He had other pressing needs. He had things that he wanted to do right now, items that he wanted to have right now. So instead of, well, I can either put that $300 aside for retirement or I can take that $300 and go buy fill in the blank. I think that I, I would venture a guess that in some of those situations, Ray was probably like, yeah, I'm just gonna take that $300 and buy this object because you know it's it's rigged anyways. I'm you know it's pointless to save. So I mean, why even bother? Why why I'm I'm not even gonna try. Like I said, I could be wrong, but Ray, I, I would love to see the expense portion of your budget because this whole oh I'm not making enough. I'm not you know you have to be in the one percent. All of this ah, I don't I I don't know. I I feel like. We'll get to this next part. We'll get to this next part, and you'll see that uh, I'm not exactly being too over the top in all of this. But to finish out with Ray here, um, the last portion of this article, I don't plan to be able to retire, Warner said. People his age are not as secure financially as the previous generation, he says. His mother, for example, was head cook at an elementary school. Her retirement was made possible by a pension from the school district. Okay, well, Ray, no, her retirement was was made because she worked and she still had to she still had to structure her life in a way that you know made that possible. And if I get the impression, Ray, and like I said, I need to be very careful because I don't want to uh, you know falsely assume or falsely accuse Ray of things other than a bad attitude. I will stand 100% firm behind a terrible attitude that he has. But, you know, if, if you're depending or if you're hoping that the government, because remember the school district that is a part of a government entity, but if, if, if your whole reason is, well, you know, the government bailed out my mom and that's why my mom, but I don't have the government to, uh, you know, bail me out. But, but what I skipped over was, He's been working for Verizon and Verizon has a 401k. And again, I'm not going to turn this into a retirement podcast, but a 401k is a tool. It is an investment tool that you can be used where you get tax benefits and there's lots of other little perks that come with it. Again, this will make that much more sense when we get to uh, the, the next story here. But just because you may not have uh, some sort of government entity pension or anything like that, uh, again, that's, that's just... That, that's faulty way of thinking. That is looking for any sort of excuse as possible as to why you don't you can't save money or why you're not saving money. Well, I'm not saving money because it's pointless. No. Replace pension with 401k and, and there you go. Replace pension with an IRA account and there you go. The, the government 
you know, whatever you may think of them, they do still give all of us, you know, all of us uh, peasants, if you will, uh, tools to be able to save for retirement. So just such a flawed baseline. And, and that's why I get the impression again, I don't want to, I could be wrong. Maybe Ray will listen to this and be like, oh, wow, yeah, I was totally wrong. But something tells me that he's just kind of stuck in this way because he, he you know, he doesn't really want to hear what may necessarily be the truth out there. And I'm not saying maybe his, his wages, maybe he doesn't think he's gotten enough raises that he thought. Or maybe, yeah, you know, things have gotten, you know, I, I wish I was making more. You know what? I, I, I don't fault you there. Everybody wishes they were making you more. But again, it goes back to how do you, what's your mentality towards planning to say, oh, I wish I'm making more or oh, I deserve to be making more. How about this mentality? How can I make more? How much do I want to make? Okay. I want to make that amount. Now, how can I actually get to that amount? Oh, that may take a career change. Oh, that may imply that, well, you know, if I want to make that amount, if I want to have that amount left over, then maybe I got to cut some expenses. But really, if you're just sitting there saying, I should be making more, I deserve to be making more. Why isn't this company paying me more? I don't like that mentality. I want to surround myself with the people that say, how can I make more? What can I do to make more? Where is the demand that will pay me for whatever amount, uh, you know, that is? couple weeks ago, I talked about the cost of contentment. We all have a different cost of contentment. I have no problem if your cost of contentment is you want to drive two Lamborghinis, live in a mansion, and own a yacht. Hey, that's awesome. Good for you. You're shooting to high. But you better figure out a way. You better figure out what sort of numbers that's going to require and then how you can get to those numbers. And that's fine. Shoot for that cost of contentment. But at least you're focused on how to get there rather than it's owed to me. Why, why, am, why am I getting paid more? Well, you know, there, there's another way you can go about it. So now let's go over to, and the, oh man, I, where is she? There she is, Sally. Sally, if you happen to listen to this, I, will you be my friend, Sally? I would love to be your friend. I would love to hang out. Actually, I would love to have you on this podcast, but um, yeah, so if, if any of you know Sally Toro, who I'm talking about, please send her this podcast. And, and Sally, A, I wanna be your friend, B, uh, would you be a guest? Because um, you are—I mean, I'll call you—you're a, a role model in kind of an indirect sense. Because I, I think your story is awesome. I, I think this is just fantastic. And there's there's somebody else that I, I'd I'd love to uh, to meet too. That's in here, but we'll get to that in a second. So here we go. Sally Toro grew up poor. I was never taught about saving or preparing for the future. She said. Now. I'm always a very, very Larry with excuses and okay, come, all right. But in this case, you know what? I, I, I think that Sally actually has somewhat a firm footing to stand on and say, hey, you know what? This victim card does have a little bit of credibility because I, I, just, I just was simply never taught about any of this stuff. I, I, didn't, I, I just didn't understand. And that is something where maybe I do take it for granted because I was brought up with uh, you know, parents that saved, parents that said, hey, you know what, you gotta pay attention to this and that and the other thing. So I, I, for me, it was kind of always almost second nature to me because I, well, I was just brought up that way. But here's Sally, she grew up poor and she was just never taught about any of that stuff. So I, I mean, I, I do empathize with her. I, I, I say, you know what, 
I'm, I'm still not going to accept the victim card, Sally, because there's so many resources out there. But I, I do, I understand where you're coming from. I, I, I get it. And that this is one reason, as a side note, why moneywithclay.com exists. Well, Clay, if you want to help people, you wouldn't charge money. I get that. But there is something that comes with paying for money for something. A, look, I have a family. I need to value my time. I put a lot of time into this stuff. So I need to value my time. I need to get a return on my time. But in my defense, I mean, it's not like it's super expensive stuff. And I, But this is why I do it because some people aren't taught. And I would love to help you. And I, and I will help you for a very, very small fee just because A, it's gonna motivate you. If you can feel a little sting, when you feel that sting, that causes the emotion of, ah, well, I wanna get my money's worth now, good. If you wanna get your money's worth, you're actually gonna pay attention to what I teach and there's a good chance that you're gonna actually do what I teach because, well, you felt that sting in your wallet, you felt that sting in your purse, and now you wanna get your money's worth. And then, yeah, the flip side is I do need to value my time too. So it's not like I'm doing all this because I'm a, I'm a, a little angelic angel out of the kindness of my heart. No, I, I love, I have a passion for this stuff. I have a passion for helping people that want to help themselves. Um, and, you know, Sally just kind of really shows that why this exists. And because, yes, yeah, some people just aren't taught. But so think that that's her background. She was never taught about any of this stuff. Through her 20s and 30s, she saved nothing. When she was 39, Bo Martin, a co-worker at the financial company she worked for, asked if she was using the company's, here it is again, 401k. Remember, 401k, kind of like a pension fund if you're unfamiliar, but it's a tool to save money. No, she answered. Between supporting her two daughters as a single mother and a salary of about 42000 see, she... She simply could not afford to give up a cent. So let's, let, let's inventory check. Grew up poor, was never taught about saving, never taught about preparing for the future. She's in her 20s, she's in her 30s, and all of a sudden she's at 39, about to be 40, and she has saved nothing. And here, remember, you know, Ray was still at 45, but, you know, so she could easily throw up the, ah, it's too late now, it's too late. Oh yeah, wait, but there is more, right? And she's a single mother, a single mother, $42,000 a year. And this is why, again, moneywithclay.com exists. And this is why this Bo Martin guy, hey, great job, man. Great job. You, you changed this woman. You changed you know, her kid's life because you, you, you were compassionate enough to just step out and, and, and say this to her, make sure she was aware. So what did this guy tell her? Do you know you are losing money by not putting in the minimum, Martin asked? That got Toro's attention. Martin urged her to give it a shot, telling Toro she could always stop saving. And that's what this is about. Even if you never spend a penny, <clears throat> excuse me, at my site, if, if I can just kind of get a light bulb to go off that maybe there's something that you can change in your lifestyle, then great. I, I'm trying to play the role of Bo Martin here. Just make you aware of stuff. And if you're willing to listen like Sally was, then, then good things will happen. So let's keep going. Toro starting, started putting 2% of each paycheck aside. She says, I was terrified. I wouldn't have $20 more on that paycheck. $20 terrified her, yet she still did it. But she remembered what Martin said, that in a year's time, she'd build up a cash reserve. 
In a year, she accumulated about $4,000 and felt rich. But I didn't have the guts to continue increasing, she said. Only when she moved on to another company did she begin slowly upping the percentage. She still was saving, though. For the last eight years, so think about it, eight years. She was 39 when she started, so now she is 47, two years ahead of Ray. For the last eight years, Toro has actually been maxing out at $18,000. $18,000 a year she's putting away and even putting in the catch-up contributions for those 50 and over. A year ago, she began working with a financial investor. Between her 401k and her two IRAs, again, all those just being tools to save, she has close to $300,000 and hopes to retire at age 62. $300,000 from having zero education, Zero in savings at age 39. Now she has $300,000. Oh yeah, she's a single mother. And then it goes on to finish up. Whether it's your upbringing or lack of confidence, you need to take the risk of putting even 2% away, Toro said. Be bold and try to save for yourself. It's your future. Well said, Toro. Well said. Well, I should say Sally. Well said, Sally. I, I fully agree. You just got to do it. And no, I'm not sitting here saying it's pleasant. I'm not saying it's fun. Trust me, every month when I do my books and I set aside the portion I do for uh, my retirement accounts, it crosses my mind, not necessarily every month, but multiple times every year is, oh, if I, if I, I could go and buy that, oh, I could go and do this. If I just, you know, didn't, if I didn't, if I kind of skimped out this month on the savings, on the retirement part. So it, none of this is pleasant. And in, in her case, it was actually terrifying at first because as a single mom, I mean, every little amount mattered. And it, just think about where her attitude got it. What was her attitude? Well, first off, an open mind, an open mind to think that, you know what, maybe I don't know it all. Maybe I, I am ignorant in some of these areas. She wasn't walking around like a know-it-all, having all these, well, it's all rigged against me. I mean, could you imagine if this, uh, you know, Bo Martin approached the Ray guy? Ray would have probably smacked him across the face and said, what are you talking about? Unless you're in the 1%, you can't get ahead. It's pointless. I'm not even going to bother with this. What are you talking about? No. But Toro, open-mindedness, open, that, that goes a long way, being willing to listen to others. And she she just did it. I don't know how she did it. The article didn't get into those details, but she started to put 2% away, which is in all actuality way way less than you really should be doing, but again, $42,000 a year, a, a single mom, but she still did it. And she was terrified, but she still did it. And then all of a sudden, where did that and where did that mentality get her? Where did that I'm just going to I'm just going to make it happen get her? She was feeling rich worth $4,000. And then where did that get her? Well, she kept the confidence, the, that mathematical principle of compounding interest from 4,000 feeling rich to now she's at $300,000. I would say that's not too bad at all. And I get it, well, $300,000 in this day and age is, once again, that is just, here we go. Well, 
you can't really retire on $300,000 because uh, excuses, excuses, excuses. $300,000 is a whole lot more than what Ray has. Oh, what is Ray? Oh yeah, that zero. And she's still going. That, so it's just $300,000 right now. But you know what? It's not even the, the numbers I would argue that matter. It's the mentality that got those numbers because she has the winning mentality now. So those numbers are going to take care of themselves when you have that mentality. Is it ever gonna change to $3 million? I don't know about that, I'm not saying that. But when you have the right mentality, when you look at things as, okay, how can I get it done as, an, as opposed to, I can't get it done because everything's rigged against me. That's just black and white mentalities and, and that's not gonna get you anywhere to where you wanna go. And you gotta be very, very aware of that with yourself. If you're surrounded by people that feed into the, oh yeah, I'm not doing it either because you know such and such is not giving me a pay raise and such and such is you know doing that and I'm not in the 1%, so I can't even, I mean, it's just, and then people, if you are getting that reaffirmed to you because you your circle of, of influence is, is people of that same mentality, that, that's just, that, that's not good for anybody. And you need to just, be very, very, and I, I realize I'm repeating myself here, but it's really important. Who are you hanging around with? I get it. Sometimes you got to go to Thanksgiving with certain people, and that's just family's family. And I'm not saying that if you have a friend, you got to say, hey, listen, George, I'm never hanging out with you ever again. I'm not saying that either, but you, you, you got to do something that is going to start to rearrange your mind and and that could just be books it could be your sphere of influence now is reading books your sphere of influence could be hey maybe listen to this podcast maybe listen to somebody else's podcast that has the same mentality dare i say maybe even a course of mine or a course of somebody else's but you know investing in some sort of method in some sort of system and i'm not trying to turn this into a sales pitch but uh, my slab money method, which is my personal finance method, how I paid off you know, $160,000 in debt, it works. And that is not a sales pitch. It comes with the one year money back guarantee. So I mean, maybe that's how you can surround yourself with, because uh, I get it, you're, you're not gonna go to a bar and be like, hey, who believes this? Or you're not gonna go to some sort of social gathering and be like, hey, you know, we have this situation. Would you approach it like this or that? I mean, that, that's a little awkward, but I mean, there, there's ways to surround yourself with mentalities um, that, that aren't necessarily physical people. But I, I talked with, um, I can't remember what episode it was, uh, but uh, actually, let me try to look it up as I talk here. But I had a past guest, like I said, I've, I've, uh, I interview people that I know and that I've met. And you know, the, the one interview that I did, you know, what was a great point of this, and it was episode uh, 21 with Ethan, and you know, I titled that the power in changing perspective. And he grew up a lot like Sally. He just kinda, you know, the people he surrounded himself with weren't necessarily the, you know, the iron sharpens iron type of thing. But he 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 changed his mindset and now he's a business owner. He invests in real estate, you know, he's he's doing stuff in the stock market. And he's, uh, he's a totally different person. So again, episode 21, if you wanna go back and listen to that, but that's, that's a great way to, and there's no charge, but you know that, that's a great way to start to quote unquote, surround yourself with people that, that are gonna make you better, that are gonna give you a mentality that's gonna help you succeed because that's what it's all about. And remember, being open, 
it's okay. I'm not judging you. If you were somebody that was like, oh, wow, I've kind of been a Ray. Maybe I should start to be a Sally. Hey, bravo. I, in fact, I respect you that much more because at least you realized that, uh, yeah, it's, yeah it, it's me. It's my mentality, which brings up the final point here, and that is the depressing attitude, the, the attitude of bondage. Why do I call it an attitude of bondage? Well, how sad, how frustrating, how demoralizing, how uh, despairing is it if there's nothing you can do? If the system is rigged against you or if it's a stacked deck against you, I mean, that is, just thinking about that, that's really, really disturbing if that is your mentality is there is nothing I can do. I'm looking in the mirror, sorry, sorry, the person in the mirror, there's nothing we can do. We're just, we're just a victim of the system. We, we're not in the 1%. Not, not a, see, again, mentality. I just realized this, but... Ray, why don't you say, how do I get to the 1% then? That's how you should be approaching this problem. Not, well, it's only the 1%. Fine, I'll, 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 I'll concede. Maybe it is only the 1%. Deal. Okay, my next point. Okay, how do you get to the 1%, Ray? Those are the people that I surround myself with. That would be their mentality. It's okay, fine. If that's, I mean, it's not the fact of the matter as I've already talked about. But in this case, I'll, I'll concede that point, that it is just the 1%. I wanna be surrounded by people that are like, all right, well, how are we gonna get to the 1%? What do we have to do to get to the 1%? So that is, you know, the, the, the attitude of just bondage is if you believe you're a victim of the system. But then think about Sally's situation. She looked in the mirror and she said, well, you know, I did kind of have a stack deck against me. I grew up poor. I was never taught anything about saving, about preparing for the future. I'm a single mom. Uh, I, I, I only make right now $42,000 a year. I have zero money and I'm 39. But you know what? This, uh, this guy at work, he says, if I start to do something, I, I can start to make more money. If I start to do it, as in the person in the mirror, meaning, yeah, there's a problem right now in my life, but you know who, what the solution is? The person in the mirror. The person that causes the problem is the solution to the problem. How freeing is that? How motivating is that? If you are the problem, I love that. I love being the problem, because if I'm the problem, then I'm the solution. And that's uh, attitude, that's, uh, that, that's joyous. I, it's kind of counterproductive, it sounds bad. Yes, I'm happy that I'm the problem. But think about that. Oh, it's external force that I have no control over, that's the problem. Ouch, that's, that's very despairing. So look at the world as you are the problem. You are the cause of any problems you have. But that's great, hey, good. That means you're also the solution, that means you're the fix. And with that mentality, you can go extremely far. Sometimes you just need a little nudge. You know, Sally needed this Bo Martin guy. Maybe you just needed me. Maybe you needed somebody else. Maybe, you, I don't know what you need, but what you do need is to change your mentality if you're more of the Ray mindset. We gotta be like Sally, where you gotta just get stuff done, even if it's uncomfortable. And when she used the word, let me try to find that. Um, I think that was in quotes, because I don't wanna insert words in her mouth. Um, she said, but she remembered, uh, yes. And I quote, I was terrified. So even if it's uncomfortable to the point of being terrified, Sally still did it. And that's what you need to do. Open-mindedness, willingness to do what's uncomfortable and just keep at it. How do I get to where I need to be? 
and that will take you very, very far. Wow, this is, uh, usually I try to cap these out around 25 minutes, but I'm I'm 10 minutes longer um, with the recording. But uh, yeah, apparently I got my, I, I promise I'd try to stay somewhat composed, but I got a little bit fired up here. But uh, yeah, Sally, bravo. Uh, you're, you're a role model in the sense of you just absolutely doing what needs to be done. And Ray, um, I'm not gonna give up on you, Ray. I, I hope that you change your mentality. I hope you change your, your viewpoint. I hope you dig a little bit more into the system of uh, you know math and the system of just historical facts as far as the, the markets are concerned. And um, you know even at 45 or however old you are now, hey, it, it's, it's never too late to start. Um, and you know money because of that compounding interest can, uh, can build up. So Ray, you know I also wish you the best, but come on, man. As of right now, I'm sorry, I, I would not want to hang out with you. I will uh, choose Sally every day of the week to hang out with. But uh, hopefully you got something out of this. And if anything, if it even just motivated you a little bit to beast mode life that much more than good, mission accomplished. This was a uh, time well spent on my end. Um, and reach out to me if you have any questions. Reach out to me if you, I, I mean, with anything. Um, I'd encourage you to go to moneywithclay.com. Like I said, that's where you can find other podcasts. Um, I have free videos. I have the, the, the paid courses too um, that I offer. Uh, but yeah, check that stuff out and um, I'm here to help. And I really do want people to, to do well because this is something that anybody can do, but it all starts with that foundation of having uh, the right mentality. So yeah, get out there and have a Sally mentality. Thank you so much for hanging out and listening. Before I go, I wanna just make your attention to a few things. First off, if you enjoyed the show, then make sure to help us out in the iTunes, especially if you could leave us a rating. That goes a long way and just assists me in getting the word out there, and I genuinely would appreciate it. Second, if you find yourself either in debt or just feeling like your, your personal finances are kind of out of control or could be much more efficient, then I would encourage you to go to moneywithclay.com and check out the slab money method. That is the course that I put together as a former process engineer that outlined every single step, step by step by step with documentation, with forms to fill out, that'll put you on the path, the exact path I used to pay off $163,000 of debt and get myself to the point where not only am I debt free, but I am now able to build wealth and build wealth in an efficient uh, manner. So if you're curious and interested in that, again, moneywithclay.com and that is the slab money method. And no, this is not all some massive sales pitch when I say that it works, it truly does. And I back that up with more than words. My action behind those words is that course comes with a one year money back guarantee. So if you try it out and you're not making any progress, you're not seeing any progress, then I will refund you the cost of the course, which is very minimal to begin with. And then finally, make sure to check us out on social media, Facebook, Instagram, just look up for Money With Clay and you will see us there. Again, thanks for hanging out. I'll see you back next episode.